This is this is fine. This is fine. This, this is, is fine. fine. This is fine. <laughs> this is fine. This is a poor substitute for therapy, but an excellent substitute for other podcasts. We're not like other podcasts. Join us as we find the answers to the universe's biggest questions like, is butter a carb? Does crying burn calories? And what the fuck am I doing with my life? We're here to be your part-time therapist, astrologer, concierge doctor, and fairy godmother. Do you need someone to validate you today? Cool, cool, cool. Come on in. We're fine. This is fine. Hi, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Can we take that over? Sorry. Sorry, let's get started. Just kidding. (laughs) Welcome back to This Is Fine. I'm your host, Dominique, and I am not sorry for being here today, but we are going to get into how many times we say that word, especially you gals, femmes, ladies, girlies. If you find yourself apologizing for your very existence, join the club. I always joke that you could hit me with your car and I'd apologize to you, but it's pretty true to be honest. In the spirit of cutting that shit out and accessing our inner power, that burning ball of light that lives within all of us, we're going to have an empowering chat today. I've invited an empowerment and strength coach, community-based health specialist, Maggie Heron, MPH, CPT, CHES. She's a doctoral student, a master of public health, a coach and certified personal trainer and certified health education specialist. Wow. Maggie and I became internet friends, classic, years ago during the blogging boom. We found each other on WordPress somehow and started following each other's blogs, then on social media. And though she's based in Birmingham, Alabama, we've stayed in touch and it's been amazing to watch her grow as a health professional, coach, and just a strong, empowered woman. We've bonded over our affinity for wellness, life as a dog mom, she has a beautiful dog named Eliza, and our struggles and triumphs in life, and I just know you're going to absolutely love her, so I'm so excited she's here today. Today, we're going to talk about living life less apologetically, specifically as a woman, as well as stepping into your power, so let's get into it. All right, without further ado, Maggie, welcome to This Is Fine. Are you fine today? I am wonderful. How are you, Dominique? Yes. Oh my gosh. You know, I'm I'm fine. All things considered, it's been kind of a wild week for me. But uh, in the spirit of <laughs> the show theme, this this is fine. Everything's fine. Um, I'm delighted to hear that you are wonderful and so grateful that you've taken time to join us. Yes, I've been excited and talking about it all week. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I gave a little bit of context. Um, so now the world knows that we have been internet besties for a long time. <laughs> I would love if you could introduce yourself a little bit further, just like, you know, your background, what you're up to now, your mission in this world, even, you know, how we connected with our blogs. Okay. Very good. So um, I'm Maggie Heron from Birmingham, Alabama. Um, Roll Tide, that is my alma mater. So <laughs> yes. I went to um, Alabama for undergrad and graduate school. So and cool. Yeah. So fun fact, I actually started out as a nursing major. And um, so we can get more into that detail before, but found yes. my passion in health, fitness, personal training, kinesiology, all that good stuff. As of right now, I am um health coach, fitness coach, wearing a lot of hats right now, as well as doctoral student at UAB, um, Go Blazers. And Yay. of course, last but definitely not least, I'm dog mom to Eliza, the German Shepherd mix slash menace to society. <laughs> I love that so much. I feel like um, Eliza and Stella need to be besties as well. 
Oh, she would love that. Oh my gosh. Stella is also a menace to society. Literally like three minutes before we started rolling, she found something on the floor. She's here with me in the studio, obviously. And I'm like, what's in your mouth? And you know, you have to do that like dog bomb, like reach your hand into the mouth. (laughs) Just like wrestling with her for a minute. And then she just like looks at me with puppy eyes and she's like, mom, I didn't do anything. (laughs) Oh my goodness. We put up Halloween decorations most recently and they change colors kind of like Christmas lights. Oh, cute. And she just watches them and I'm like, cheap entertainment. Yes. I love that for her. (laughs) Okay. Amazing. So you have this incredible, illustrious health background and I feel like you're just getting started. I mean, you're a doctoral student. You already have so much under your belt. And this is still just the beginning of this incredible adventure. And through this journey that we've talked about personally, and you've been on yourself, we've both talked about stepping into our own power, feeling stronger and confident, being more sure of yourself. And I know a lot of that has come down to what you've experienced in your career trajectory your origin story within fitness. Can you share a little bit about that and your volunteer work? Um, Yes, most definitely. So in the words of my mentor, um, the causes of the causes. So like I said before, I started out as a nursing major at the University of Alabama. And so that was my thing. So my mother, um, well, grandmother, if we really want to be technical, they I was raised yeah. by grandparents. Um, she was an OBGYN nurse for 31 years. And so seeing her do her thing and, you know, seeing her, because we all know doctor, nurses are kind of like mini doctors. Yes. And so seeing <laughs> all the hats that she wore, I really wanted to emulate that. And so, of course, that led to me being a nursing major. Well, how nursing programs work is they only accept 60 people per semester. And, well, it was 600 of us. Wow. So it was resume versus resume versus GPA versus GPA. Mm-hmm. And I remember this was towards the middle of my sophomore year where my brain kind of switched over. And this was when one instructor said, you might not want to study together because if you teach someone something, they might have a leg up on you. So wow. essentially saying, don't help each other. Wow. Which is the opposite of why you got into this. Oh, yeah. And I was like, because we were mostly women and I just did not like, I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is the opposite of everything that I stand for. Right. And Dr. Flowers, I went into her office just in tears because I was like, oh, I let my mom down. I'm letting myself down. And she's like, Maggie, what's more important to you? What is it just the degree that you want Alabama on it? Your mom's opinion? (laughs) Like she just kind of leveled the floor with me. And I said, I just want to help people. And so she sent me over to the School of Public Health um, in Doster Hall for all my Bama girls. (laughs) Um, And I met Dr. Birch and took a tour and I fell in absolute love. And I said, "This, this is where I need to be. Oh, that's amazing. What a beautiful story that, you know, you felt that pain and that struggle and you were lost and confused and you were immediately mentored and directed into a place where you could really share your gift and your passion for healing and helping people. Yes, most definitely. And I remember in our last conversation, kind of my first little experience um, with the, um, 
I hate to say nursing home. I like assisted living better. It sounds Yeah, better. we'll say that. Assisted living. Love it. Okay. And so our quote-unquote give back slash experiment. So it was Health Coaching 101. And we collaborated with the nursing home, which is right on the University of Alabama's campus. So you got your own live person to apply all these good things to. And um, I won't say his real name. I'll call him Dan. Okay. Um, (laughs) And he and I were together for an entire semester. And he taught me life lessons. I taught him health habits. It was great. But getting into kind of our topic for the day that, you know, stepping into our feminine power and essentially saying, sorry, not sorry. Mm-hmm. And so part of the health coaching was, of course, taking the older individuals, you know, to the gym. And there was a guy who was in the class and he was kind of, you know, buff guy kind of fitting all these stereotypes. And I'm like, excuse me, excuse me. I need these dumbbells. I need this. And I'm just kind of tiptoeing around this guy who's very comfortable in this space. And I'm trying to, you know, go by my little program. And Dr. Birch, who was running the class at the time, he's like, Maggie, you deserve to be here just as much as so-and-so does. Why are you, like, you're interrupting him? You guys are both in this space. Yeah, that's pretty profound. Most definitely. And so um, the Demi Lovato song, Sorry Not Sorry, was really kind of my inspiration (laughs) of everything. Your anthem. (laughs) Most definitely, because... Why it begs the question, why are we as women saying we're sorry, you know? Right. It's so true. I feel like, and we've talked about this, you know, on our own, but I feel like I apologize for existing sometimes. I feel like my existence is an inconvenience to those around me, to where my best friend Olivia is always like, use your words, like speak up for yourself, use your big girl words, <laughs> say, excuse me, you know, have someone move for you. I, I struggle with this tremendously, so I really love that we're talking about it so we can kind of bring this up with more and more women. Most definitely. So you first had this experience in your volunteer work in the gym. You had this kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a a bolt of lightning, right? You have this realization like, oh my God, why am I apologizing for being in this space? I deserve to be here. Where for you... (laughs) has this really come from, do you think? Like, let's kind of dig into this. Let's get under the surface. Like, where did we learn to start apologizing for just being in a space, for existing? Okay. Um, Well, I do think it's a cultural thing. Absolutely. Um, How many times do we, you know, knock on someone else's office? I'm sorry, can I? I'm sorry (laughs) to bother you, but... How many emails? I'm sorry, but... (laughs) Most definitely, especially if you're asking for clarification. That's my, um, I think autocorrect has gotten sorry started for so many text messages. (laughs) And I need to get out of that habit, you know? Right. Awareness is the first step, right? Oh, definitely. But I think I was telling you about the TikTok. Uh, You know how you get on different sides of TikTok? Yes. And I've gotten (laughs) on um, post-Christian school TikTok. Oh, yeah. That's a great concept, actually, we should get into. Yes. So fun fact, this is always, whether it's a job interview, first date, they say, say one thing about you. And I'm like, I graduated with eight people. And anyone from a public school is just enamored, like, excuse me. Yeah. And so (laughs) 
private school TikTok. So private Christian school TikTok. Yeah, it's a whole other level. (laughs) Yes. So I went to private Christian school from the age of three, so K3, all the way up to my senior year of high school. Wow. With the same like 10 people. Um, So some came and went. So I would say about five of us were kind of the base, if you will. The core. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And so they were like, people were stitching the video and it was saying, what's one thing that it's very, very hard to get out of you from your Christian upbringing? And I wanted to stitch the video because I love TikTok. But then it was like, I could do 50 stitches on everything from... So many points. Oh, yeah. It was... I remember they used to tell us, you know, marry a pastor, be an assistant to your husband. You know, he's the front runner. Right. Um, Your role is in the home. Like, you are to raise good Christian children. You are to do X, Y, and Z. You know, if there's a room full of men, you step out until there's a group of women coming in or something of that nature. Wow. And so now having actually lived in the world for, I guess, almost a decade now, (laughs) it's like I would never in my life tell my daughter or anyone like that anything because we we deserve these spaces just as much as men do, whether it's in a Christian capacity or, you know, a secular one, you know? Yeah, I think it's it kind of leads into another TikTok topic, actually, of like the main character energy and how I, you know, I have a religious background as well. I grew up with a very conservative Catholic upbringing, and there is this element that women are supporting roles. You're the supporting character, right? Like you're the supporting actress. You're not the main character. And I think that kind of seeps into our psyche in a way that makes us feel like, You know, we're just here on the side. We're here to support. I'll be out of the way. Don't worry. Uh, And, you know, you combine that with so many other points. Like you were saying, you have like 50 different things that you want to touch on from this type of cultural upbringing. And I think that you don't even need to be brought in or brought up in this culture. You don't have to be raised Christian or Catholic to have this, you know, permeate the rest of culture, right? Like it affects so many people for, you know, the reason that this is just part of the American, at least— what we are aware of, the American culture. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And I know we're on different sides of the country. You're in um, right. SoCal. <laughs> yep. And I'm in the South. I'm in Birmingham. And it's still like that way. Right. Um, I remember seeing, it was on Facebook, like a friend had a football party. Because football, if football's going on, that's the best time to get anything done. There's no traffic. <laughs> there's no... And all the men are like, they have a priority seat in front of the TV. And these <laughs> women, they, they're interested in sports too. And they want to sit and watch the game. I was like, why is everyone standing behind their husband? Like, yeah. what is the vibe I want to see here? So there was a, so it was a TikTok saying, name one Southern thing that needs to die. And someone said, fixing your man's plate. And so I've even seen my mother do this. So like you go to a party or football party and you fix your husband's plate and then bring it to him. And so being a young girl, I'm like, oh, okay, that's just what you do. Now at 26 years old, I'm like, you have two legs. If you cannot (laughs) get what you want, you don't need it, sir. 
Right. Like it's different when it's like, oh, this is a nice thing to do for someone I love versus an expectation. Like this is your job and this is your role. And there's an expectation that he sits and you get the plate. Like I feel like that's the difference, right? Like if there wasn't the expectation that it would be like, oh, that'd be nice. Like, you know, I'm already up. I'll, I'll grab him something too. And vice versa when there's like, you know, reciprocity. But that's not the case culturally, right? Most definitely. I even see, if you've ever seen the movie um, Jumping the Broom, Oh, no, um, I need to check this out. Okay, so there's three of them. It's one, two, and three. But um, Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> they get to the party, so they've, like, broken up or something and come back together, and, like, they're, they've made up at the party. She's like, oh, I'll go fix your plate. And I'm like, we, we've got to get this gone. Like, this is ridiculous <laughs> that it's made its way to Hollywood, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's reflective of the culture. And I'm thinking about how, you know, we're talking about American culture, but I feel like this, you know, women being a supporting role is not just American. Like, this is a global, I don't want to say epidemic. You know what I'm saying, right? Like, this is a global cultural phenomenon, <laughs> right? Oh, most definitely. Um, if you've had a chance to listen to um, Meghan Markle's archetype, it oh, is, yeah. she talks about, you know, the word diva and even, you know, the B word and how, you know, mm-hmm. women, diva can be good, it can be bad, it can be, and women get so many labels. And it's right. just so crazy how that gets so ingrained in us. Because right. we think about, like, if Megan the Stallion calls me a B-word, oh, I- I'm that girl. Right, then, yeah, like, I am that girl. <laughs> but I remember I was coming out of the grocery store during COVID, and this guy called me the B-word, and it bothered <gasps> me all day. It was like, Why? what did I do? Yeah. Was I being mean? Was I, you know, ignoring this person? Was I rude? Was my body language? And I'm like, well, how can I be better that? And it's like— oh. And you're like the sweetest person on planet Earth. Like, how could anyone call you that? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, it's you. It has to, you have to be okay with yourself. And so that you can be okay with everything around you, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that we we just learn this from childhood, from what we see, what we experience, what we're told. Like you were saying, since the time you were, you know, three years old, you're being brought up in this culture. And I think a lot of people can identify with that from the time we're really young. You know, we're taught to be sweet. It's like that Netflix, um, the like radical, like Mormonism, like not actual Mormonism. I don't want to drag um, that religion, but um, the, what is it? Keep sweet pray and be silent or something. I can't remember the name, sorry. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're, we're taught to be polite and sweet and, yeah, like obedient and just there's so many things that make us, um, I think, remove us or distance us from our innate power. Oh, most definitely. I thought about um, when I was, you know, getting ready today, I thought about Belle from Beauty and the oh, Beast. Naturally. Like, <laughs> Like, girl was out here reading, minding her business, talking to her furniture, <laughs> and y'all were mad. Talking to her furniture. <laughs> and it's even like, even though she was not pushing, she wasn't pushing for anything. It was just you taking up space made everyone so mad. And, you know, yeah. even us as women, we have to ask ourselves, why are we hating on this other woman? Why aren't we amplifying her voice? If she's being right. loud about something... Why don't we put it on speaker, you know? 
Right. It's like maybe it's a chance to have some reflection within ourselves if it is triggering or upsetting or agitating to see a woman taking up space in her power. What is it about that that is upsetting? Like, is it intimidating to me? Does it challenge my worldview? Does it make me feel threatened or like I'm not enough? Like, dig into our own issues around women taking up space because it's not like this isn't a man-hating kind of thing like this is our culture has set us all up for this so like what can we do to start to undo those mental patterns most definitely because you know when this snowball you know goes down the road and get bigger you know it starts us you know I'm in my 20s you know learning to rewire my brain and you know that saying I'm sorry it's hard So what happens when I marry and then I have kids? What's my daughter going to see? And then when it comes to myself, like, am I going to, you know, shrink myself so much that I lose my role, lose myself into this role of wife and mother? Right, right. Yeah. And we've talked about this where it's like we want to keep our identity as well as be able to take on those roles as a family member, wife, whatever it might be, like even dog mom, right? Like it doesn't allow us to, or it doesn't, force us rather to lose who we are at our core. It's like, who are you on the inside, regardless of your title, your position in life? Most definitely. There's a, um, she's a marathoner on TikTok. I think it's lots of miles and she's like, go work out. And so I'm thinking, oh, it's one of those workout motivation. And she's like, work out. But if that's not your thing, don't. But she said, whatever you do, do something for yourself today. Not only is it important for your mental health and your self-care, but your kids are going to see you doing that and know to prioritize that for themselves. Yes. Okay. I love this because it's kind of transitioning us from like, okay, we've talked about the background and the setup. Like culturally, we've been conditioned to kind of depower ourselves, right? Be in the background, be silent, be sweet, be in some cases, subservient, right? Like we are the side character. We don't take up space. We apologize for, you know, being in the way perceivedly. And now we're kind of thinking like, okay, how do we undo that? How do we start to like get rid of these mental patterns? And I love what you just brought up about doing something for yourself because it doesn't matter if you're married, if you have kids, if you're single, if you've got a dog, if you're a career gal, whatever it is, Doing something for yourself is so important because there are so many other areas of your life that are pulling from you and kind of taking away from your your energy source, your power, right? And doing those things for yourself, whether it's exercising, using an adult coloring book, going to a spa, or just taking a long shower, like those things that you do for yourself can replenish that energy and help you start to tap into who you are. And, you know, tapping into that, you know, the deeper root of it, is you never know who's watching you in yes. you know that positive way. I remember on my work calendar, I'm a supervisor, and she, um, one of my coworkers, she checked my calendar. She's like, "What's all the stuff in blue?" She's like, "Those are after hours." And um, Birmingham has a wellness passport currently, so for about a hundred bucks, you get. Yeah, I've been loving it. I'm so That's busy so on the cool. weekends. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> so you get like. Five Orange Theory, five Base Camp, five of my studio that I work at, the Heights Fitness, uh, some wellness places, cryotherapy. Anyway, so I went ahead and made my calendar. I was so excited. And she's like, what's everything in blue? And I was like, oh, I'm doing the wellness passport. And, you know, this is something that I've been looking forward to all year because they do it in the summer slash fall months. And she says, 
I want to do that for myself. She's like, I, do, I go to yoga. I want to put that on my calendar because that's me time. And she thanked me. She was like, I thank you so much because now my mental health, that's not only something to look forward to, but other people respect that time as well. Oh my God, I love that. And that's just one thing that you're doing for yourself that then impacts another person. And now there's a butterfly effect. Like think about how many people she might impact too. Most definitely. So this is one of the ways that we're, you know, we're learning, we're rewiring, we are stepping more into our power and confidence, apologizing less and catching ourselves when we apologize, carving out space for ourselves, for rest, for play. I actually put this, I have like a habit tracker in one of my journals and, mm -hmm. you know, usually I'm like, you know, meditate, exercise, go for a walk, like yada, 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 like all the stuff that you want to do to be healthy, which is obviously still very important. But I realized I wasn't making a little box for rest and play. So I added that in mm -hmm. for the past month. And I realized how important it is to prioritize that, even if it has nothing to do with my productivity or my ability to return to work or mm -hmm. my ability to, you know, recover from illness. Just having rest and play be a part of my life is in itself very empowering. So I'm hoping maybe someone listening might add that to their to-do list as well, even though it feels very like manufactured with a to-do list and like, oh, this is productive and serving a purpose. It's just to break the cycle a little bit. Oh, yeah. And it's scary. Um, I yeah, remember true. <laughs> um, taking an express Pilates class in midday because I was like, I have two extra hours. I felt so guilty about that 45 minutes. Oh. And then you have to realize, you know, this is a job. You know, it's yeah. going to be here whether, you know, you're here or not. So you have so to... True take up, you know, that space for yourself. It's so true. I talk about this a lot, especially with, honestly, especially with women who feel that they can't pause, that there's too much going on. They can't pause and take care of themselves. And it's like, listen, the world is going to keep turning whether or not you're walking with it. And, you know, I always use this um, example, like, you know, God forbid you were in a car accident or something put you in the hospital and you had to be in the hospital for a week. It was like, okay, someone's going to cover your shift, right? Or someone's going to, you know, make up for what's going on at work. Or maybe someone's not and, like, no one's head's going to fall off, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> someone is going to help you with the kids or someone is going to feed the dog. People in your life will step in. I mean— I'm speaking in very general terms. Maybe there are some catastrophic instances where this isn't true, so I don't want to like paint with too broad of a brush. But in general, like things are going to keep moving and nothing is going to really fall apart if you pause and take care of yourself, even just for a day. And I just I want to keep reminding people that this is a really important part of our lives and an important part of you know being empowered, being embodied, being the best version of yourself, living your happiest and healthiest life. Like we really do need to pause and play in order to channel that power. Exactly. You know, work hard, play hard for a reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, we've been talking a lot about these different kinds of solutions and one that you brought up to me before was the idea of strength training to feel stronger. Can we talk a little bit about the women's strength training movement and what you've seen from your perspective as a trainer? Yes. So going back to kind of the origin of my origin story, are you aware with Tone It Up? They're based out of Manhattan Beach. I think that's maybe one of the reasons why we connected maybe all those years ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. So Tone It Up was kind of 
I guess our millennial woman version of like Jane Fonda, like they had DVDs um, and now they have an app, but that was kind of how I got started. So I remember- I hear this all the time. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to, oh yeah, here I am saying sorry again, but truly sorry for interrupting. (laughs) Um, So many women our age, um, I hear, got started with Tone It Up as well. It's pretty interesting how it permeated our generation. I remember- the Student Health Center in Alabama, which kind of led me to the personal training sector of public health. I've been an athlete forever. So volleyball, basketball, softball. So especially in that Christian scope of sports, we did not lift weights. We would do, you know, 100 tricep dips, push-ups, cardio, but we had no strength training. Wow. That's shocking. Oh, yeah. Even though, you know, the science was there, we just, weights were for men. And so I remember there was one coach, she actually only lasted like a year, but she got us to do some weight training and that was a big no-no from the parents. But anyways, Student Rec Center, I'm following, I had my little printout of the Tone It Up program. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) And finally, I was like, I, I want in on some of these machines. And I remember, so, you know, a Romanian deadlift. So you're pushing yep. your bottom back. And I remember I was like, I don't want to do this in public. So I got behind like, a little <laughs> column and would <laughs> do that little protection method. Yeah, but, just like touch your butt to the column. <laughs> <laughs> and then this guy was like, you're doing great, but try the leg press. And I'm like, Okay. So he helps me. He doesn't put any weight on it. And I get all the leg press. He's like, I'm gonna put this 10 on here. I'm like, okay. And it's easier. And when I tell you the change that I saw in my legs, the change that I saw, you know, first it was a leg press, then it was the leg curl, then it was the leg extension. So add that in with my anatomy physiology classes and all these other classes, I started to get those results I was wanting so badly that, you know, the cardio machines weren't giving me. And I kind of felt bad for, you know, everybody who's on these cardio machines just hours. And it's like, this this is the bang for your buck, you know? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And in that, in strength training, in finding your physical strength, did you start to channel mental and emotional strength as well? Yes. When I tell you, you never know what your body can do. This machine that you have been given is beautiful. And when you realize what she can do, what she is capable of, that is when you tap into real power. I remember posting on Instagram, uh, remember when Instagram was brown and that tan color, kind of like a... <laughs> yes, TBT. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I posted on Instagram that I deadlifted the 225 today, so a total of 50 pounds. Wow. And I was so proud of myself. Flash forward, I picked up 305 yesterday. Stop. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yes. And so I, my friend, he calls me the machine because he, he's like, you just turned into a complete beast in here. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, that's who I was yesterday. Now let's throw some 2.5s. Let's see what she can do. And it's super empowering. And to see more girls doing it. And so the Heights Fitness has become a wonderful, wonderful community. Amanda, she gave me permission to use her name. Um, (laughs) They actually reached out to me via Instagram. 
And she's like, oh my goodness, I would love to talk to you, blah, blah, blah. And like, we just completely aligned. And so she brings me in and she's like, I would love for you to teach some classes and I think you'd be a great fit. And when I tell you I've come to love each and every one of these women and it has been so wonderful and being able to teach them because so many, you know, kind of of that Jane Fonda generation, they're kind of getting to where all that cardio does not give you bone density. Um, And that's so important. Oh, yeah. When I did my MPH, my master's of public health, my thesis was on um, weight training in women to increase bone density. So over the course of 12 weeks, women who underwent weight training and women who underwent cardio based activity and the women who um, did weight training activity underwent the DEXA scan and had better bone density than those who did more cardio based workouts. Yep, that makes sense. Oh my gosh, that's a I didn't know that that was what you did your thesis on. That's amazing. Yes, so it was a wonderful time. Um pre and post testing, however, trying to catch up with people is so hard. Yeah. <laughs> but I can only imagine. <laughs> oh my gosh, but you have the science. You have you have the literal facts and the science behind this. Oh yeah, and seeing I was telling um A friend yesterday, I'm like, seeing the wheels turn is beautiful. One lady at the gym, she she came from a cardio base, you know, oh, I'm going to get abs from a thousand crunches. Oh, I'll get great (laughs) legs from the treadmill. And I'm like, girl, we we deadlifting all day, every day. Yeah, it's my new motto. We deadlifting all day, every day. I'm going to do that. (laughs) Yes. And so like slowly we add that weight on and she's starting to get that quad sweep that she's been wanting. And she's like, oh "Oh my goodness. She's like, I could have been doing this. And I'm like, yes, girl, they lied to us. (laughs) They did lie to us. They told us we were going to get manly bulky muscles. (laughs) Oh yeah. And that's a big fear of a lot. Like they are so scared. I see it all the time. Yeah. And I think you said your relative aunt or someone, you said she's super ripped. Oh yeah. My aunt Polly, I hope she's listening today. She is like the most like built strong, like amazing athlete. Like I'm just so blown away by her and she just has this incredible body and I'm just in awe of her all the time. And she's, uh, I want to say 60 ish, like maybe a little over 60. And she's like the number one CrossFit athlete in the country for her age range. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I just, um, I'm constantly in awe of her. So I, I love seeing the shift toward women really owning that, like, you know, literal strength and physical power in order to take up more, um, you know, energetic space, right? And I feel, you told me a story actually about, you know, feeling like you could, what was it? You could throw your weight around. Someone told you that? Oh, yeah. I actually went back, funny story, to my hometown which it's only about 20 minutes outside of Birmingham. And it's this old gym called Ironworks. And when I tell you it's old, like, I think Moses deadlifted in here. It's <laughs> <laughs> But I'm making my way around doing my little routine. And there's, um, I feel like every gym has like that older person that this is their social hour. And I put on, I think it was like 225, which is kind of what I do for a working set now. And he is just staring away. He's like, that's a lot of weight for a woman. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it for you. And I'm going to do it as a five by five. 
And he very quickly scooted onto the other side of the gym. And so, you know, you deserve that space. Like usually gyms have like three or four platforms. Don't feel bad about taking up that platform. Your lifts are just as important as the next person. Yeah, that's so true. You are entitled to space as much as anyone else on this planet. And I think that's something we need to keep recognizing. You know, putting on this muscle is hard because it's not just what you do in the gym. It's when we go home, it's what we eat too. And God knows millennial women have had it extremely rough when it comes to our thoughts. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That's that's another thing, right? Like, speaking of not feeling empowered, we feel disempowered by our food, right? Like, we feel shame around the food that we eat. That's so disempowering. It's food. Food is fundamental. We need food to live. And yet we have this crazy relationship with food, which I feel like fundamentally like kicks our legs out from under us. Oh, yeah. I have to tell everyone, like, it doesn't matter what you do in the gym. When you go home, you have to eat and eat well because your body has to recover. Right. We need food. <laughs> That's one of the hardest things I've, I've seen a lot of my peers struggle with is a relationship with food. And I feel like that's got to be tied into us not feeling like we are in our power as women. Yes. So I feel like with women, it's more of a restrictive thinking. So I have yep. to stop. I have to limit. I have to slow it mm-hmm. down. Whereas with men, because I do coaching for men and women, men are just like, well, I can have whatever I want if I just move around enough. Right. And I'm like, no, that's not correct either. Right. And I, it's um, an interesting correlation. Oh yeah. And I've actually, I stepped into another space here recently with my best friend and it was an LGBTQIA kind of trigger warning eating disorder, like an AA meeting, if you will. Okay. And there were a lot of guys. And I was so shocked. Like, I thought this was a women thing. Yeah. But apparently it's not. And I guess that's how the media and the world have conditioned us to it's a woman problem. Right, right, right. Well, if you think about it, what you were just saying about, like, you know, in general, men thinking, like, oh, I just eat whatever I want and move around. I take up space. I take more food versus women. It's like, no, I have to restrict. I have to shrink like I'm smaller. And so that kind of does make sense. But it also, again, it's a generalization. And then you look at how, you know, eating disorders can affect men. So it's a great thing to bring up where it's it's not always gendered. Oh, you know, the true, true feminism is equality and advocacy for everyone, not, yes. you know, women surpassing anyone. And I think we all forget the definition. So (laughs) it's always great to bring everyone back, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So another thing that we've talked about with, uh, you know, an approach to re-empowering ourselves is really having a dog and being a dog mom. And you've told me how, you know, how Eliza has really helped you with your confidence and power. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yes. So my Eliza is, she just turned six in August, the birthday party was fabulous. The pup yes. cake. Oh my goodness. We had about five dog friends running around my mom's deck. It was a mess, but she had a wonderful birthday party. Aww. And so how I came by Eliza, I told you my parents live about 20 minutes outside of Birmingham, which is kind of the suburbs. And I saw this puppy wandering around and I was like, okay, you're, you're coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so I'm like, I've got to find your home. I got to find your people. <laughs> and so I take her to the veterinary office in Tuscaloosa because I'd gone back. I was a grad student at the time. So they take a little wand like TSA and scan her. And they're like, yeah, no, like she doesn't have a tag. They were like, you can check Facebook. You can check the signs around. But if not, you know, she's yours. Wow. And so you just stumbled upon your baby. It's destiny. <laughs> Love this. Oh my goodness. I took her back. I remember I had a studio apartment in Tuscaloosa. And so how small this place was, the bathroom was off the kitchen. <laughs> but you know, my little space was lonely. So bringing that little life in there just made everything better. So many peanut butter bones and ice molds. <laughs> yes. And so <laughs> the fun part was not knowing what she was, I had no idea how big she was going to get. Oh, right, because she's a German mix. Yes. And so the ears were floppy at first. To see the ears stand up was very surprising. <laughs> You're like, you've changed. <laughs> <laughs> and so the 60, she topped out at 60 pounds now. So she's still okay. hanging around there. But a I'll great never size. forget. Yes, she can still somewhat get on the airplane if we like (laughs) lift the kennel with our foot. (laughs) But that big breed has a lot of energy. And so, you know, college campuses and we watch the news can be kind of dicey. But I did notice like when we did start to get into running because she had all this energy. um, Men or I'd say unsavory characters would move to the other side of the street. So... We had this kind of scary dog privilege going on. Ah, yes. So it brought this level of confidence. And I got into running along with my weightlifting. And I felt like I was running for her because, you know, she looked forward to it. I began to enjoy it. And I always say, you know, Eliza has her master's too. She spent many a night studying (laughs) with me. (laughs) A dog turret. <laughs> oh, sorry. Like dad jokes. <laughs> oh, I get it. She she deserves that and then some. <laughs> and so when you speak to other dog moms, like even my friend with her Frenchie, she like she tells me like Hammy saved me from depression. Hammy saved yeah. me from, you know, Hammy. my eating disorder. <laughs> oh. oh yeah. Hammy's that it's good boy. So real. Oh, I want to meet Hammy. <laughs> Oh, Hammy was an absolute ham at the birthday party. It was wonderful. (laughs) I need more pictures of this. You have to text me. (laughs) I will. And so to any other dog mom, I will say they save us. So whether they're saving us physically, whether they're saving us from mental, because mental health is there. Yeah. I I remember being a graduate student, you know, money's tight. School Mm -hmm. is tight. But. I always know that there is that little person that's going to come bring me a toy and I have my duty Mm -hmm. to her. And that's where I get to turn my brain off. It really does help focus you in that way and take you, you know, out of your problems, out of your stress and your fear and focuses you on this thing that's just like pure love and happiness and living in the moment. Oh, most definitely. I always say, you know, I was sent a little angel with pop-up ears. (laughs) Oh, my heart. And I love what you brought up also about, you know, scary dog privilege and kind of that feeling of security. And we've talked about, you know, strength training 
allowing us to feel stronger. And, you know, having a dog sometimes makes us feel safer. I actually just on my travels met someone who encouraged me to look into self-defense classes as a form of exercise um, and said verbatim, I think you would feel a lot safer if you knew how to kill someone, which is very (laughs) aggressive. But the idea uh, that we keep touching on is like doing these kind of physical tactile things to channel a certain energy. So I'm going to lump in self-defense classes with those strength training, you know, exercises and routines as part of these tactics, which I'm going to quickly recap what we went over, a lot of it is self-reflection and kind of looking back at our cultural conditioning so we can start to rewire. Like the awareness is the beginning, awareness of how many times we say sorry, awareness of am I taking up space or am I not, awareness of if another woman is taking up space or being loud, does it make me uncomfortable? And if so, why? Can I get into that? The other one is talking about it like we're talking about it today with your friends about, you know, Am I empowered? Am I shrinking? Having the conversation is going to keep that awareness and help with the rewiring. Um, The strength training that you talked about and not feeling like you don't belong in a gym, like you have to feel entitled to take up that space. The self-defense, both of those things together, if you feel physically strong and physically defended and safe, you might feel energetically and mentally safe to take up space, strong, empowered. Making space to do things just for yourself, like Maggie was saying, with whether that's an exercise or taking some self-care time, using your wellness pass to do cryotherapy, having that time for you helps you tap back into your power. And of course, the animal therapy. Like she just said, the animal therapy is huge for your mental health and clearly your physical health, like going on those runs together, going on walks together. Is there anything I missed? <laughs> I think that sews it up. We, we covered a lot today. <laughs> We covered a lot and I feel like we have like this roadmap now for both of us, for everyone listening to start to tap into that a little bit more, feel a little bit stronger, less insecure. You know, I keep coming back to the word empowered, but it really is our our mood today, our our word of the day. Oh, most definitely. You know, I feel like it's time for us as women to be sorry, but also not sorry because (laughs) we're, we're humans. We deserve to be here, you know? Yeah, exactly. We are the main character in this chapter of our lives. And I think, okay, last thing I will add to this, I don't think that being the main character or taking care of yourself is selfish. I think it can coexist with being compassionate and empathetic and all the things that we, I think, innately are drawn toward and love to be. We want to take care of people around us. Like that's the whole genesis of your career is wanting to help people. I just want to help people. You can do that and still help yourself be the main character, feel empowered, step into your limelight, whatever it is that makes you feel that sense of agency and radiance. You know what I mean? Yes. You know, the part of the things that do make a good book character, movie character is being multidimensional. So being able to see them from all angles. They're not just the hero. Sometimes they have to be saved as well. Yep. We're not just one thing. And this is giving us the opportunity to add one more thing to that list. And you are such a beautiful living example of that. You're one of the most compassionate, empathetic, supportive, selfless people. And you're so self-empowered and you've tapped into your strength and you're helping other women through. That's that's the thing. You're becoming strong and you're becoming empowered. And thus, you are helping other women do the same thing. So it's like all symbiotic. It's working together. It's helpful. And it's taking care of yourself. Yes. All the good things in one. 
Yes. Okay, so Maggie, for anyone listening right now who wants to connect with you, train with you, work out virtually, whatever it is, where can they find you? Okay, so Instagram is um, M-A-G-S-L-E-I-G-H-1. So feel free to pop in on there. Send me a DM. Yeah. Tons of fun workout videos. Eliza Spam. She does fun (laughs) stuff all day, every day. So if you like good entertainment and good workouts, hit me up. Yes. Maggie, thank you so, so much for sharing the gift of your wisdom and your experience with all of us today. Thank you for having me on. I hope today's chat helped you feel at least 1% more powerful and confident and 1% less apologetic. If you want to get into even more confidence work and channel all that power, keep this work going, check out episode four with Jenny Gaither, an incredible confidence coach, episode five with Courtney Resch about overcoming traumas and trials, and episode seven with Dr. Liz Lutchford to tune into your body's own power, sending you strength, love, solidarity, validation, big hugs, lots of laughs. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm so grateful for you. I'll see you next week. Abienzo. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of This Is Fine. I've been your host, Dominique Michelle Astorino. We're based in San Diego, recording in studio at DLI Productions in Pacific Beach with Emmy Award-winning sound designer Dan De La Isla. This is a comedy and advice podcast, but for legal reasons, this entire podcast is a joke and none of it is medical advice. To download the transcript or learn more, visit thisisfinepodcast.com. 